0: Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together at Easter, to to remember what you've done for us. And what you've done is something we could never do for ourselves. Lord, we thank you. As we reflect on your words, particularly your words in Acts, we pray for your Holy Spirit to open our ears, to open our minds, to open our hearts to your message. Remind us of your generous love for us. Remind us of you're a God of mystery and miracles. And so, Lord, help us to have listening hearts and listening minds. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Peter said, we are witnesses of everything. He, that is Jesus, did in the country of the Jews and Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. I'm going to ask you, why are you here? How come and how did you arrive to be here? You might say, I took the bus, jumped on the train. Oh, this is what I do every year. Or this is what I do every Sunday. But really, the question I'm asking is, how did you get here? Well, do you realise it's probably because of witnesses. People who have been witness to Jesus in your life. And I invite you to think about... Who has been a witness to you of Jesus and the difference he makes? Who has helped you know this story that God is a God of love who welcomes you? God is a God of love who forgives you. Now, for me, it's many people, some people who probably don't even remember or even recognize they're a witness to me. You know, I can think of my family, my mum and my dad. I can think of school teachers. I can think of pastors. I can think of other Christians. I can even think of a a a pastor in another denomination at a funeral I went to, that had this impact to talk about. That he talked about the life that God gives us beyond here. But what about you? Who has been the witnesses to you? Thank God for them. Because it's because of them. That you are here. It's because of people like them that the church has continued to grow and people have continued to connect to this mystery, this miraculous sign. It's quite interesting that there are many people who continue to be a witness. Peter Hitchens um, is, a, is a Christian, but he didn't grow up in a Christian family, right? And he continues to be a witness to Christians today, even though he's dead because he's written a book on how he is a Christian while his brother is a staunch atheist, somebody who denies the fact. And yet both of them are scientists. scientists. And Peter continues to share how you can be a Christian because God is a God of miracles and mystery. Well, our reading today from Peter is Peter talking to a community. He's being a witness to a community of people. He's actually been a witness at Cornelius's house. Now, Cornelius is not Jewish. He is Greek. Um, and I can tell you this, Peter didn't have it all together to be a witness. Right? Peter had struggled. And part of the reading that we heard was he he basically says, I'm now starting to understand God. Right? And yet he was this is well after Jesus had said to Peter, you're going to be extremely important in building my church. You see, this is comforting for people like myself who never get everything right, who say things like, happy Christmas when it's happy Easter. Right? This is comforting that I don't have to have it all together and it should be comforting for you that you can be a witness And not know everything about God. And we'll talk a bit more about that as well. You see, Easter focuses on the truth and the reality that Jesus not only died paying the price for our sins. But he also rose. That he defeated death by rising from the dead. Now quite a number of people focus on Good Friday. And as I watched the news of Good Friday, we had a a lot of people focus on Jesus' suffering and death. But the real message of Christianity is, yes, Jesus died, but he didn't die for himself, he died for us. We talk about him being innocent. But the real message is that he rose from the dead and defeated death so that we can have life. And the church, if you read the epistles in the, the New Testament, what you discover is that the message of the resurrection is a message for us. Because Christ rose, because we put our faith in Christ, we too will have a new life. We too will rise. So what does it mean to be a witness? Well, today, I want you to think about this. What does it mean for us to be a witness of the resurrection of Jesus? Now, some of us already think, hold on a moment. I'm living in 2023. This event happened around... 30 to 40 AD, many years ago, I wasn't there. I didn't see him rise from the dead. Well, have a guess what? No one actually saw him rise from the dead, but they actually saw him afterwards. Right? And that the New Testament and also non-Christian documents also refer to this resurrection of Jesus, that he actually rose from the dead and people saw him. You know, if you go to Corinthians, there's a whole list of um, who saw Jesus. And their role was to go and share. Now, some of us like to go, well, how about we get a time machine? Well, I don't know if you've ever watched shows about time machines. The one thing that always comes up in the time machine is be careful not to mess with the past. You could stuff up something. And I reckon if we've stuffed up stuff, that's probably true. But what we can do... And what has continued throughout the church is people have spoke about the impact the resurrection of Jesus has given them. Because Jesus has risen from the dead, because God has made a promise to us, how does that affect our lives? I'd encourage you to think about that. I'd encourage you to think about how does it affect your life that Jesus rose from the dead? Well, I'm going to do what my father used to do whenever he had documents. I'm going to look at Acts chapter 4, but I'm going to do exactly what my father did. And he started at the back, because he said all the good stuff to the back, right, at the end. He'd get his paper, and he'd read from the back, right? So that's all the worthwhile stuff. And so I'm going to start there, and we're going to go backwards through this reading of Acts. And what we see is that the impact that Jesus rising from the dead gives us is that it gives us forgiveness. And so to be a witness of Jesus' resurrection, we are called to live as people who need forgiveness. That means to recognise we're not perfect. That means to recognise that we all stuff up. That instead of putting a mask on to say, yep, we've got it all together, or we didn't really do that, or this other person's better than us, um, but worse than us, better sinning than us, that we do need forgiveness to recognise every day that we need forgiveness. Now, if you've been a Lutheran or you've been in the Catholic Church, you might think, oh no, he's talking about that statement in the traditional liturgy that says, I, a poor, miserable sinner. Right? That's not what I'm talking about. In fact, that's not actually a, a true translation of what that's supposed to say. It's more about, I'm a helpless sinner. Um, but the problem with that is if we just focus on, I'm a poor, miserable sinner, we actually deny that God has given us life, has given us a future. Because being a witness is not just saying that I sin, I need God's forgiveness. It's about saying that my forgiveness has been guaranteed by Jesus. That his actions at Easter, his death on the cross and rising from the tomb has given me a future. Peter, when he's talking um, to Cornelius, says this, all the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him, that is, believes in Jesus, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Many other religions will talk about forgiveness, but what they talk about is you can get forgiveness if you do all these good deeds. What Christianity says to us, what God says to us is that the truth is, no matter What you do won't give you forgiveness, true forgiveness. You'll get forgiveness by trusting in the actions of Jesus. And so this means, as if we're going to be witnesses, we not only recognise that we need forgiveness and that our forgiveness has been secured and guaranteed, but we trust, we live as people trusting and relying on God's judgement. Now, when we hear the word judgment, we often think of a court case. We often think of a court case where Bruce goes to court and the judge says to him, Bruce, you've been speeding on Easter weekend. You're going to get double demerit points and double the fine. Right? You're condemned. That's how we think of judgment often. But there's another way to look at judgment. Right? Judgment, God looks at you and says, you believe in me. You're good enough. You're welcome. A bit like The judging that happens at the Easter show where kids, I was watching yesterday on the news, kids were bringing their animals to the Easter show, right? And they were talked about how good they were, right? That's the sort of judgment we're talking about. When you believe in Jesus, God will look at you and say, I don't recognise your sin. I recognise that you trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. Peter again says he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. And so we live, being a witness is being a person who lives as someone who trusts and relies on God's judgment. That God will look at us and say, yes, we believe and trust in the actions of Jesus. Judgment is not based on what we do but based on what and who we believe in. The third aspect that Peter highlights in today, in his discussion about being a witness, is we live as people verbally sharing what we know about Jesus. We live as people verbally sharing what we know about Jesus. Keep in mind, Peter didn't know everything. Peter, Peter didn't have it all together, Right? He'd had, as part, if you read this area in Acts, what you see that him and Paul had this major blue because Peter had this perspective. He had this vision that if you were going to be a true follower of God, you had to fit what he thought that was. You had to be a person who ate certain foods and avoided other foods. I'm very thankful that Peter did not win his argument because that means I couldn't have had bacon this morning. Right? What Peter. He's starting to learn, though, that he was wrong and that he admitted that. And he's starting to understand God is somebody who welcomes everyone. But he also shared what he knew about Jesus. It didn't stop him. Not He's not knowing everything. didn't stop him sharing. So I'd encourage you to think about what do you know about Jesus? How can you share that? You know, one of the things you'll notice whenever we introduce somebody here um, who's new to our congregation, you'll notice that we always say, tell us a bit of your story. Tell us a bit of your, your story, your Christian journey. And amongst that, I'm encouraging them to share a Bible verse or two because that's something that's important to them and they know about Jesus. Some people find that quite easy because there's quite an... There's one specific verse that's touched their lives that has given them a shape. For others, that can be a bit more challenging because, oh, there's this verse and there's this verse. And, they, and particularly if you're a perfectionist, they want to get it all right together. But by sharing those verses, that can actually be very helpful. Now, I remember one lady, um, and this was near her deathbed, shared with her family three Bible verses. Right? And one of those was from Psalm 23, that even though I walk through the valley of death, God is with me. That when life is miserable and tough, God is with me. Now, the impact that had, I didn't realise at the time, but one of the people in the, at the family gathering was going through some other stuff and it started to change their perspective of perception of who God is. Because they thought that if you... They were some distance from church and they thought that if you had a good relationship with God, life would go nice and easy, but if you didn't have a good relationship with God, um, things would be bad. They didn't comprehend or understand that God continued to be with you through those difficult times. And so sharing verbally what you know about Jesus is a way of witnessing, is is an important way of witnessing. We often talk in the Christian faith about... We share Jesus through both word and action. And as I said a few weeks ago, one of them only, and that's some people go, oh, I'm not going to say anything, I'm just going to do stuff, is often deficient because it doesn't actually help people connect that well with Jesus. Sometimes people will do it by word, but their actions will be totally inconsistent. And that's also deficient. It's about doing both word and action. And so can I encourage you to think about this? Now, if you want to work on your Christian story, on the 21st of May, when I'm away, we're going to be blessed with having Dr Mark Worthing here, preaching and teaching. But after the service, um, he's going to run a workshop in writing your faith story, writing your Christian story. And if you're interested in attending, see Bridget, um, and she will give you some more details. Because being able to share your story... Often is about thinking that through. Now, some people are blessed to be able to share their story because they've got a high profile. Geoffrey Clark, who's the um, manufacturer, who is the inventor of the cochlear ear, is a Christian. And this morning, he shared his story and why he believes in the resurrection on national TV. He has this focus that he even says at one stage... This invention would not have happened if he didn't have Christian faith. There's a whole reason that. He's got a whole book. I'm not expecting everyone to come up with a whole book. But for all of us, if we've got part of that story, we can be like Peter encouraged the early church to be always, always ready to give hope to the people in our lives, to be able to share some hope to someone. Hope because Jesus has given us life. And the fourth thing is about our perspective. The fourth thing is about this perspective that Peter started to understand. That you didn't have to become Jewish to have a relationship with God. You didn't have to have a narrow faith. In fact, God welcomes all people and doesn't show favoritisms, no matter who you are. And so being a witness is to live this way. Live as people, inviting all people to believe in Jesus Sharing that God has no favouritisms. Right? For those of us who have been in a Christian church for some time, we think, oh yeah, that's normal, that's natural, but often we don't recognise our own blind spots. And some ways we can pick it up is that, oh, to be a, a member of this church, you have to sing these songs or to act in this particular way. Um, I remember in one of my previous congregations, an older gentleman used to come up and say, um, that's not how we do it here. Right? Do you think that's being welcoming to all people? <laughs> but Peter here is highlighting this fact. He says, "Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not a show favoritism, but accepts from every nation that the one who fears Him, nation, the one who fears Him and does what is right and does what it's right here is believe." Right? God wants a church that is different. You know, it's not about somebody joins the church and then we make them like us or make them like me. And I always say, if people are going to become like me, we've got a big problem. First, it would be terrible singing in the church. Yeah. Huh? But what this is about is about welcoming all people. And for us to, to show that we have no favourites, it's about listening to others, putting up with people who we kind of might give us Oh, we don't really like that. Because God has no favoritisms. The revolutionary thing of Jesus Christ is that when he came to earth and suffered and died, he didn't just do it for one group of people. He did it for all people. Right? His actions on the cross has the same power for anyone. It is the real blessing that we have from God. Now we're talking about being a witness. God encourages us to be a witness as we are, who we are, where we are, whether we're introvert or extrovert, whether we've got particular skills in um, speaking or not speaking. Remember, God can use you if you can't speak. Have a look at what he did with Moses. Moses had this problem that he couldn't speak well. God still used him. Well, one lady who's a witness... For this resurrection is a lady called Karina Pennell. Karina Pennell is based in Finke River Mission in Hermansburg area. She's an indigenous artist. She's completed the Certificate Four in Christian Theology and Ministry, and she's also studying to be a chaplain to her indigenous community. And she's been commissioned by Concordia College to do an art piece on what she sees Jesus and particularly about the Easter story. And this is her art piece. I invite you to take a few moments to reflect on what do you see, what do you see in Karina's picture that tells you about Jesus? It's quite a powerful picture. But this picture is really uh, um, based on one of the Easter stories in the Gospels. In the top is Jesus meeting Simon, and then it's the Roman soldiers on the right. So the, the ones on the right, those the, the, those symbols, those of people, um, on the right of the Roman soldiers. And then a big focus is communion, God bringing people together. You see, the commun- Christian faith is about which is important, but it's what I believe with others is more important. Because we have a very individualistic nature in the Western world, we often think, it's just what I believe. It only matters between me and God, right? When I come to communion, it's only between me and God. But in fact, I'd encourage you to think of it's communion between you and God and you in being placed in relationship with other people. It's about the cross. It's about the Passover table with the twelve disciples. What we talked about on Maundy Thursday, about Jesus preparing the disciples for a challenging future. And maybe there's something in that for us. She's identified the tomb. The Christian message is the tomb. Jesus went to the tomb. But she also identifies that Jesus rose from that term. There was resurrection, there was life after death. That's Karina's way of being a witness, using the gifts and talents she has. But what about you? Can I challenge you this week to think of one person you can be a witness to this resurrection of Jesus? That you can share the hope that you have with them, not because you've got it all together in life, not because you're a, a good person, not because you know a lot of stuff, but because Jesus came at Easter for you so that your sins can be forgiven and you can have hope for a future. That God will give you a life that within Peter and Revelation says to us that we will have a life where there will be no more suffering, no more death, no more pain, and that there is something to look forward to after death. Can I encourage you to think of one person this week, at least one, where you can be a witness and share how good God is, share the goodness that God has done for you. If you struggle with that, pray about it. Ask God to help you. It may also be about just encouraging somebody who's going through a difficult patch at the moment. And so I want to leave you with this. The world is different because of Easter. And the more I think about this, the more I think if Easter didn't happen, think about the world we would live in. A world which would be focused on self. A world which would be about narcissists being... Um, quite prominent, a world where problems would overwhelm us, a world where we would be stressed and fearful totally with no hope. But because of Easter, the world is different. All people are treated the same by God. Everyone who trusts and believes in Jesus and his Easter actions are offered forgiveness. So there is a future to look forward to. And that this is a message worth sharing. That's why we exist as a church. That's why we gather every Sunday. And I'm not quite sure if you're aware, but the reason church Christian churches meet on Sunday is very simple. It happened early in the New Testament that they met on the first day of the week to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Every Sunday that we come together is about celebrating that fact. Because this is a message worth sharing. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we give you thanks for the love you have, not just for me, not just for the people here, but for all people. We thank you that through Jesus' life, death and resurrection, that you forgive us. You forgive, you offer forgiveness to all people. Help us to constantly trust and rely on you so that we can have this new life with you and with others, and that, so that we live with hope. And as we live, may we be witnesses to the people around us of how good you are, of what you've done for us, and what you will do for us. And loving Father, I pray for anyone who is some distance for you or has barriers to you or has resistance to you and your love, that you show grace, and peace and mercy to them, that you help them in their journey and reconnect them with you and with a Christian community. And loving Father, we pray and give thanks for all that you've done for us. Help us to live a life of hope and celebration. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.